What is good, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Wednesday, February 24th, man. I hope all you guys are doing good out there, man. Hopefully, all you guys have had a nice, successful week up until this point. Hope all you guys have an even better rest of your week, man. May you guys continue to get better each and every single day. May you guys have a good, positive mindset, man. Wherever you're at in life, just know it is not your end goal. You just got to keep striving to where you want to be at. And just know every single day, man, is really just an opportunity for you to get better, man. Appreciate your life. Appreciate where you're at. But just know you got so far to go. And just keep grinding. Don't worry about the BS and the negativity. Just keep going, man. Keeping the right attitude and the right mindset is the most important thing. And I'm, I'm not saying be naive when I say have a positive mindset, but just be clear on what you're trying to do and be clear on the goals that you have set for yourself, man. And you can have anything that you want in this life, man. Of course, we are still dealing with this coronavirus pandemic, man. So please wash your hands as much as possible to keep the virus from getting on your hands and especially your face. Please wear a mask anytime you are in a large group crowd or gathering or in a public area, area or public space. And of course, the most important part that I must continue to reiterate because it is super important. And that is if you have any type of sunlight or sunshine, wherever you may be at on the globe, we call the earth. Go outside and get some ultraviolet rays on your skin because I promise you the sun kills all viruses and the coronavirus is not excluded from that list. And of course, we are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. We are still demanding justice for Jacob Blake. And we're going to continue to demand justice for anybody that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings. It needs to stop. It must stop. It's been going on for far too long. And my people are sick and tired of it, man. But I hope all you guys are doing good out there, man. May you guys have a great rest of your week and just continue to be better than you were yesterday. That's all it should be, man. Just keep trying to evolve. Keep trying to become the best possible version of yourself, man. Now, real briefly, before I actually get into the topics of today, I want to talk about the all-star snubs because a lot of people, for the past few years, I don't know why, but when the all-star game, or excuse me, when the all-star rosters are released, for some reason, NBA fans always want to talk about the biggest snubs. And I just want to say this real briefly before I actually talk about the all-stars for a second. It is going to be all-star snubs for the rest of the history of the NBA. Why? Because it is so much talent in the league right now, and the talent pool is only going to get better. Why? It's one word, and that one word is evolution. In sports, evolution is a real thing. Baseball is going to become better. If the product of baseball doesn't become better, the players are. Same goes for football. Same goes for soccer. Whatever sports you love, you're going to see evolution. When Michael Jordan was playing, I'm not trying to knock him, but when MJ was playing, it was not an all-star caliber player in every single city in the NBA. Right now, it is a legitimate star player in the NBA in every single franchise right now in this moment. Some teams have one. Some teams have two. Some teams like the Brooklyn Nets have three. But it's an all-star in every single city. You cannot go to any city in the NBA right now and not find a star player. That's just how it is. So everybody is always going to be some snub. So I know, you know, I would have loved personally to see Devin Booker get in. I thought D-Book was having a phenomenal season. You know, the Suns are a top four team in the West. He was definitely a big reason to why. Of course, CP3 got in. He was doing his thing. He earned that. He's been in the All-Star game for a lot of years now. He's a Hall of Famer soon to be. D-Book was having a special year. But you got to look at it like this too. It's also players like John Morant didn't make it. Brandon Ingram didn't make it. Uh, Christian Wood didn't make it. 
Trey Young didn't make it. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Think about all the players that are we know are all-star players that didn't make it. Chris Middleton's one. It's so many talented players in the league that it's always going to be somebody that misses it. So forgetting the snubs because we know the players that really missed it that are all-star players, we know that they are all-star caliber players. And for me personally, you guys know I'm a Miami Heat fan. I am glad that Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo missed the, the NBA All-Star game. Why? Because one, it's only going to give them fuel to the fire and more motivation. And we've seen what happened when they pissed off Jimmy Butler last year. TJ Warren specifically got Jimmy Butler mad. And we've seen what happened in the first round of the playoffs. And ultimately, Jimmy taking the heat all the way to the NBA Finals. So hopefully, Bam and Jimmy use this as fuel to the fire and motivation. And two... Because they went to the NBA Finals, them, alongside the Lakers, had the shortest offseason of all time. So I'm hoping that Jimmy and Bam could get rest during All-Star Weekend. So that's going to be big for them too, man. But I'm going to talk about two, actually three players specifically that actually made the NBA All-Star Game for their first time this year. The first one is Zach Levine. Because Zach Levine, man... It feels like Zach Levine has been in the NBA for forever with the Minnesota Timberwolves, of course, now in Chicago. And actually, I actually forgot that early in his career, he tore his ACL. I got reminded of this yesterday on Twitter. I completely forgot about that. And to think that he's given us so many memorable moments, especially in the dunk contest, in-game dunks, and of course, what he's doing this season with the Bulls. Zach Levine is a warrior, and I'm glad to see that he's finally made a name for himself. He's getting comfortable in his position that he's currently in. He's leading the Bulls in scoring. He's a bona fide all-star player, and he's only going to get better because I actually remember Zach Levine at UCLA, and I'm going to be honest, i never seen him turning into the player that he is today, but I'm glad that he has because he's sprouting his wings and he's just taking off. And honestly, the Bulls might squeeze into the playoffs this year. And a big reason because of that is obviously going to be because of Zach Levine. He definitely deserved this. I'm super happy for him. The second player is Julius Randle. Julius Randle, man. Another player. I actually used to watch Julius Randle's high school mixtapes when I was in middle school and he used to go to this school. I forget the exact name of the school, but they were, I believe they were initial PCA and it was somewhere in the Dallas, Texas area where he's from. And Julius Randle, man, goes to Kentucky, lefty, dominant. I think he actually ended up being with the number one overall pick in what, 2014 or something like that. And goes to the Lakers, if I'm not mistaken. Then he's with the Pelicans for a brief stint. Now he's with the Knicks. And I love to see where he's come when it comes to his career because he's in his seventh season right now and it's not a lot of players that are in the NBA for seven years and then finally make their first all-star game most players that make an all-star game have already been you know predetermined to be all-star quality players and to see the growth that Julius Randle has taken and the leap that he's taken especially in this season with the Knicks and give a lot of credit to Tom Thibodeau for putting all the confidence and instilling him to be the player that he is today but the Knicks are another team that look like they're headed to make the Eastern Conference playoffs so I want to give Julius Randle a lot of credit for that he definitely deserved it he was having a big time season so congrats to Julius Randle and the last player and the youngest player in this all-star game is Zion Williamson a first-time all-star having a phenomenal season averaging 24 points per game for the Pelicans and man Zion is now the first player in NBA history born in the 2000s to compete in an NBA All-Star game, man. So a lot of credit to Zion. He's been putting in work. To me, he needs to be the number one option for the Pelicans because he's so dominant. He doesn't even shoot the ball like that. He gets all his buckets around the rim just being athletic and going up with that left hand and being stronger than all of his opponents, man. So credit to Zion and credit to everybody else that made the All-Star game. Everybody deserved it. Again, 
I feel bad for a couple of players. Most importantly, I feel bad for Mike Conley because Mike Conley, I actually did not know that Mike Conley, I don't think Mike Conley has ever made an NBA All-Star game. And if you remember when Mike Conley was with the Memphis Grizzlies, he had some stints in the NBA when he was one of the best point guards in the league with the grit and grind Memphis Grizzlies team. And so it's a shame that Mike Conley didn't make it, especially with the season that he's been having with the Utah Jazz. He has been a huge reason to why the Jazz are as successful as they are today. Of course, led by Donovan Mitchell and Quinn Snyder. So it kind of sucks for Mike Conley, especially, you know, again, going back to players like Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, Brandon Ingram. It's so many players. John Morant. It's just the talent level in the NBA is so crazy right now that 24 spots is honestly not enough to name all-stars. Like, I know 24 is the right number, but honestly, it's like we know it's more than 24 all-stars in the NBA right now. It's only a handful and a select few of superstars like LeBron, Dame, Curry, Jimmy Butler, but it's a whole bunch of all-star quality players in the league right now. So I can't be mad when players get quote-unquote snubbed because it's going to happen every single year. Just like last year, Bradley Beal was averaging 30 points per game last year. It did not make the All-Star game. That's when I knew, okay, the talent level in the NBA right now is just crazy. And I thought last year Bradley Beal was the biggest snub, but things like that just happened. Even Zach Levine didn't make it last year, and he was having a pretty good season. So it is what it is. Congrats to Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's another guy having a big-time season. And that leads me to my topic of the day, and that is the Boston Celtics. The Celtics right now currently have a record of 15-16. and 16. They're in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. I believe they're on a two-game losing streak. They lost a couple days ago in New Orleans against the Pelicans on primetime national television where they let up a 24-point lead. The Pelicans came back from being down 24 and ultimately won the game in overtime. And then last night, the Celtics lost a close one in Dallas against Luka in the Mavericks. And Luka had two big-time three-point shots to end the game last night. So, with that being said, I want to talk about the Celtics' problems. And the Celtics' problems are this. They have two up-and-coming superstars, of course, in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and yet they still do not know how to close out games. And Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both clutch. If you watch their games in the bubble and in the playoffs, both of those guys hit big-time clutch shots. But for some reason, the Celtics team as a whole still does not know how to close out games. And that is a problem. And I know there's Celtics fans out there that want to put a lot of the blame on Kemba Walker. I will say Kemba Walker is part of the blame, but he's not all of the blame. We're going to talk about Kemba in a second. But the reason that they don't or aren't good at closing out games I honestly can't put my finger on it. I don't know if they need to make a lineup change. I don't know if they need to give the ball to Tatum and Brown more. I don't know what's going on. And one thing we got to acknowledge, too, is that they don't have Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart has been dealing with that left calf injury for a pretty a minute now. So he's been out. And we know Marcus Smart is an integral and important piece to what the Celtics do. He's the heart and soul. He's their best defensive player. He can hit threes. He's a pretty solid playmaker, too. So I got to give them you know, some leeway when it comes to that. But re- regarding that, and regardless, of that fact they still have two up-and-coming superstar players it's no real reason for them to be as bad as they have been and I know Jason Tatum said he's been dealing with COVID COVID kind of slowed him down he doesn't feel like he's at 100% when it comes to conditioning I understand that trust me I get that a lot of teams in the league right now are dealing with that exact same problem it's a pandemic people are going through it but at the same time you still have two up-and-coming superstars and so going to Kemba My thing has always been this, because I've said this before on this podcast, the Celtics, when you have two 
up-and-coming superstar players, especially on the wing, you do not need an all-star caliber point guard. And when I mean point guard, especially in today's league, that's a scoring guard. Kemba can go off and score 50 points on any given night, on any given game. The Celtics don't need that. It's the same thing when when the Celtics had Kyrie Irving, excuse me. The Celtics did not need Kyrie Irving. They didn't. The Celtics need a solid point guard that's able to distribute, play, make, and defend. That's all they need. It's funny because if the Celtics had Lonzo Ball, that would be the absolute perfect fit for most of their problems because I don't want to single out Kemba, but let's be honest. Let's go back to last year in the bubble, in the playoffs, in the Eastern Conference semifinals. The Celtics and the Raptors faced off, and the Celtics ultimately ended up winning that series in seven games. But do you know why the Raptors were able to extend that series to seven games? It was because Kyle Lowry outplayed Kemba significantly in that series. And that was a problem because the Celtics did a good job of containing Pascal Siakam. They did a pretty good job of guarding Fred Van Fleet. And of course, you know, uh, OG Ananobi had a pretty good series. You know, Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol played pretty well. But for the most part, the reason the Raptors were able to take that series to seven games was because Kyle Lowry was so much better than Kemba that the Raptors were able to compete and stay in that series and keep themselves alive for as long as possible. And then you go back and look at the next series after that in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat. Goran Dragic outplayed Kemba Walker. And it's not a lot of people that will admit that, but go back and watch the tape. The Heat offensively were attacking Kemba as much as possible. Anytime they got a switch, anytime Goran was just guarding, you know, being guarded by Kemba, they were going to attack that because Kemba is just small. It's nothing he can really do like that unless he's getting steals or drawing charges, which he doesn't really do like that. Kemba is a smaller guard, and so he has to be able to get through that. And so that's my thing. If I'm Danny Ainge, because Danny Ainge came out last week, I believe, and he pretty much said, I am the one to blame. I have not built this team to be a championship roster. It is majority of my fault, and he has to be better. And I'm sure the trade deadline is in the middle of next month of March, I'm pretty sure the Celtics are going to be an active team when it comes to trades and acquiring free agents. And so my thing is this. They need a new point guard that, like Alonzo Ball, that distributes, defends, and playmakes. They need another big man because, personally, I've not really been, I haven't really been happy with Tristan Thompson. I thought Tristan Thompson was going to be better than what he's been. And I think he's kind of getting better, kind of getting back into the rhythm of things, but he should have already been better than what he is because the Celtics don't ask a lot out of Tristan Thompson. They ask him to defend, rebound, and score some, you know, dunks here and there, and sometimes get the ball in the post and get a bucket. That's not too hard of a job when you got players around you like Kemba and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So that's not too bad, but you got options out there like Andre Drummond. You got JaVale McGee out there. Another player we're going to talk about later in this episode is DeMarcus Cousins. You have a lot of pretty good options out there as well. And another thing the Celtics need is a score, a reliable score at that off the bench. Every team in the league that is a, a real contender has a bench player that can go get them a real bucket. And I mean like the Utah Jazz, you got Jordan Clarkson, the Clippers, of course you got Lou Will. You need a bucket getter off the bench that can give you life. I look at the Miami Heat last year. Tyler Hero will come off the bench and give the Heat some big time buckets. Even though he hasn't been doing that at the same rate as he was last year, he can still do that when he wants to. So you need a bench score. And the Celtics don't have that now. I do like Peyton Pritchard. I do like Robert Williams. But those guys right now are just young, immature. They're still trying to learn NBA life and get accustomed to the NBA game. So I do like what they have. But you need a reliable, consistent guy. Shoot, if I was Danny Ainge, I would even look into getting Deion Waiters. You know why? Because Deion Waiters can get you a bucket 
on any given possession when your two best players, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, aren't in the game, man. So the Celtics need to do something. And Jeff Teague, who was supposed to be the real backup point guard, he hasn't been all that great either. So really, it's just like nobody's really playing to their full potential for this team outside of their all-star players and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But aside from that, it's like the Celtics need to be better, point blank period. When you're a Boston Celtics fan, when you're a part of that organization, you know the standards there are high. It's a reason that they have 17 world championships or 17 NBA championships because they have established an identity of being great. They've established a culture of winning. And right now, like like Danny Ainge said, this team is just not constructed well. So I guarantee you they're going to make some moves. Again, you got to take a little bit of consideration into Marcus Smart being hurt. I'm pretty sure whenever he gets back, I haven't checked his timetable or anything like that. But when he does get back, he's going to help them out. But right now, they got to figure it out because right now, again, they're in sixth place. They're not too far from being in that seventh place, possibly even eighth place. And I'm not saying they're going to fall off a cliff because you still have Tatum and Brown. But they got some issues that they need to fix. And it's okay because... You know, it's not the end of the world because it's a 72-game season. You know, most seasons like this, you know, you're going to have your ups and your downs. You're going to have some losing streaks. It's a long season. But right now, I'm just concerned because i seen they're playing tonight in Atlanta, and Kemba Walker is not playing because they want to rest him because of his knee injury. And remember, Kemba didn't play at the start of the season because he was rehabbing and getting healthy from that knee injury. So if you're having your starting point guard dealing with lingering knee issues, that's also a problem as well. You might as well just trade Kemba Walker and try and get some assets or some quality players and established players in return because right now, Kemba hasn't been giving you that much. He gives you good games here and there, but more times than not, he's not playing to the Kemba Walker that we know and love back when he was playing for the Charlotte Hornets, man. So the Celtics, they got to figure it out. But now, I want to talk about a player who got released the other day, I believe yesterday, and that's DeMarcus Cousins. Boogie right now is 30. He was having a pretty solid season with the Houston Rockets, but I guess the Rockets are going in another direction. And so for the Rockets this season, Boogie DeMarcus Cousins was averaging 9.6 points per game, shooting 37% from the field, shooting 33% from the three-point line, 7.6 rebounds per game, and 2.4 assists per game. He was having a pretty solid season. He started some games playing alongside Christian Wood. Of course, you know, when Christian Wood got hurt, he was reinserted back into the starting lineup after being on the bench for a little bit or coming off the bench for a little bit. Boogie, a lot of people want to make it seem like DeMarcus Cousins has fallen off a cliff, like he's just a terrible player. No. DeMarcus Cousins is still a very solid center in the NBA. Is he still the same prime DeMarcus Cousins that used to average like 40 points and 20 rebounds playing in Sacramento? No, and not average, but you know what I mean. He would get it nightly. No, he's not that player, but he's still a solid center in this league. He's a seven-footer that can shoot threes, play make, get to the rack, make other players better, and he's not a liability on defense like a lot of people like to make him out to be. I see him guard the Joker, and I've seen him guard Embiid, and he does a pretty good job when it comes to guarding those guys. Not saying he locks them down, not saying he shuts them down, but he does a good job of guarding them and staying in front of them and making life tougher on them on the offensive end. So with that, he was making strides playing with the Rockets. I feel like the more games that they were playing, the better he was getting. And he was only getting better every single game. And I seen there was a report out there that said that Boogie was unhappy with his role in Houston. I think that's cap. I think that's BS because I seen Rockets games. And if you were watching Rockets games before they were before they got hurt, you know, losing Oladipo and Christian Wood when they were winning games, because right now I think they're on like an eight-game losing streak or something like that. Before that, 
Boogie looked happy on the bench playing with his brother John Wall. So I don't believe reports that he was unhappy or anything like that. I don't believe that. That's BS. But now, I got three destinations that I all believe would work out perfectly for DeMarcus Cousins. The first one, the team we just talked about earlier, the Boston Celtics. Why? They need another big man. A playmaker will be nice for them. A stretch big will be nice for them because let's be honest, they don't really have a stretch big like that. Daniel Tice is solid. I don't want to discredit Daniel Tice because Daniel Tice is actually a pretty solid player for the Celtics, but he's only, what, 6'8"? He's an undersized center slash power forward. DeMarcus Cousins is a legit 6'11 slash 7 feet. So you can get that and get away with that and also get a guy that can guard. So you got that and then that just helps out the Celtics. And then another destination is my Miami Heat. And I'm going to tell you guys why. One, I have not been a big fan of Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk has had many more bad games this year than he has had good games. And that's a problem because this team, the Miami Heat, are looking to be championship contending uh, championship contenders. And right now with Kelly Olynyk in the lineup, it's just not working out. And so, I know Eric Spoelstra wants to play three shooters alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo because both those guys don't really shoot the three ball like that. And so, you put Boogie in there, that's another shooter, that's a playmaker. And the most important thing for both the Celtics and the Heat is that both of those teams are small. They're both really small teams. Again, Jason Tatum is probably the second tallest player on that Celtics team at 6'9". You know, Tristan Thompson is, what, 6'10". So they're kind of a a small team. And then for the Heat, you know, Bam is the tallest player that plays for the Heat. And Bam is only 6'9". So you get Boogie. And then the biggest thing with both of these teams, because in the Eastern Conference, it's a guy right now who is an MVP candidate who goes by the name of Joel Embiid, who's playing on a tear right now. You need a guy for the Celtics and the Heat that can help you guard DeMar- or excuse me, that can help you guard Joel Embiid. Because right now, if you're the Celtics, you have zero matchup answers for Joel Embiid. If you're the Heat, you could throw Bam on him, but you're going to get Bam tired. You might get Bam in foul trouble because Embiid is one of the best players in the league when it comes to you know creating contact. So you want to get another center in there or another big man at least to help you be able to guard Joel Embiid. And again, I'm not saying Boogie can stop Joel Embiid, but he can make life harder on him. And that's the only thing that you can ask when it comes to guarding a big man as skilled as Joel Embiid. And my last destination for DeMarcus Cousins, and I think this one's a curveball, but I would love to see this happen. And that is the Charlotte Hornets. I actually want to give a lot of credit to Michael Jordan. I I believe Mitch Kupchak is still the general manager of the Hornets right now. I want to give them a lot of credit for what they're doing in Charlotte because a couple years ago, they looked like they were the worst run organization in all of the NBA. And right now, it looks like that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. But the Hornets are definitely moving in the right direction. They made a couple moves to get Terry Rozier from the Celtics. Of course, they just got Gordon Hayward from the Celtics. We're hoping he can, you know, heal from whatever injury that he just recently suffered. You know, you got Miles Bridges coming off the bench who's playing really well. You got uh, Devontae Graham. You got the Martin Twins. You got Bismack Biyombo who's pretty solid. You have a solid team in Charlotte. And it looks like the Hornets right now, if they keep on the pace that they're currently at, it looks like they're going to make the playoffs with LaMelo Ball at the lead. And so, You put a big man like DeMarcus Cousins in that situation, a player who's been there and done that, because people forget, I think it was was 2019 in the NBA Finals, and Boogie was with the Golden State Warriors, of course, with KD, Steph, and Clay. And I think it was either game two, it was either game two or game three. The game was in Toronto, and DeMarcus Cousins was pretty much the savior for the Warriors in that game. He won them that game. People forget that. 
after all those injuries that he suffered, DeMarcus Cousins won them that game in the NBA Finals. So he's not a scrub. You put Boogie in Charlotte, and I'm going to be honest, he's already better than Bismarck Biyombo, and let's really be honest, he's much better than Cody Zeller. Like, let's just be honest. I think the only reason Cody Zeller is still a part of the Hornets organization is because MJ is being faithful to his alma mater, North Carolina. Simple as that, the Tar Heels. So I give him credit for that. That's cool, but... You put in Boogie Cousins with LaMelo Ball and the rest of that Charlotte Hornets team, they're going to fall in line and they're only going to get better because Boogie Man is going to be an instant impact for whatever team ends up acquiring him. I promise you, he still has gas left in the tank. He was showing a lot of promising signs in his brief stint with the Houston Rockets, man. So whatever team takes a chance on him is going to get slightly better, man. I promise you guys. But as always, man, I appreciate you guys if you made this far, man. Shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash bloggers slash journalists. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go follow us. Go like our stuff. Go retweet our stuff. For all your sports news and needs, I promise you Nuts and Bolts Sports has it all for you guys, man. I am also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other really talented sports podcasts and podcast uh, hosters and content creators. So please go check us out on our sports podcast network as well, man. As always, though, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the podcast. I will talk to you guys soon. As always, peace, love, and blessings gone.